mai ka lā puka i haehae ai ka hoku velovelo i lehua. Aloha kako e nā hoa makamaka e hoolona mai nei. Mahalo keia hui ho ana o kako. Aloha nui to all of you who are joining us as we take one more huakai, our final huakai in the moku of Hilo. Yes, indeed. Mahalo to everyone for lending your ears once again to this podcast journey around our beautiful island of Hawaii. Velina mai. I'm one of your hosts, Leigh, and I'm here with my co-host, Drew. Welcome to Kaleo o Kauluau. Drew, I'm excited. What are you excited about, Leigh? We've explored various places and mo'olelo in the moko of Hilo with our awesome guests. And now our time here is coming to a close, and soon we'll be moving on to the moko of Puna. We will be moving on soon, won't we? How time flies when you're being positively transformed through new knowledge. But we're lucky to be joined by a wonderful guest today, to Pani, to close out our time in Hilo. Would you mind giving us an introduction before we have her on? Absolutely. We are happy to welcome our final Hilo Moku guest, Akea Makamai Kiuna. Akea is a Hawaiian, Okinawan, Korean, and Visayan Wahine from Kalauao, Oahu, who also has roots in Ho'onaunau, Hawaii, and is well-versed in Hawaiian language and culture. She has been teaching Hawaiian language and Hawaiian studies courses at the community college and university levels for the past eight years, and is currently an instructor at Hawaii Community College. Akea is also a practitioner of hula and a Uniki graduate of Unukupukupu as part of the Unuolehua Elua cohort. Mahalo for that introduction, Lei. And with that, let's talk to Akea. Aloha e Akea, pehea oe. Aloha, mai kai wao ikeela, pehea oe, pehea olua. Mai kai, mahalo. <laughs> Our paths are perpetually crossing, aren't they? They are. We've been in the classroom together over the years on some of the best committees in Kipai Pai and welcome or welcoming ceremonies on Pamamao, those overseas indigenous exchanges, and also um, through your instruction now with Olalo Hawaii, right, for our hula cohort. Mahalo for that. Our lives are like totally in sync, it seems. And we are also appreciative of your commitment to the lands of Hilo and the, our collective learning about this community and this moko of Hilo through your sharing about Wahipana. So, mahalo nui for joining us today. We're looking forward to learning more about Hilo from your mo'olelo. Okay. So, the mo'olelo I'm going to share is a, it's a real short mo'olelo, and it talks about two pu'u in Hilo, uh, one which is very prominent. So, the two pu'u that we are going to be discussing in this mo'olelo is pu'u hala'i, uh, which is right behind the Veterans Cemetery in Hilo, and there's a little dip in it, and we'll get into what that actual dip and that crater within the, the pu'u is. And the other one is pu'u honu, not the medical center. <laughs> pu'u honu is actually across the street. Um, and you can't really tell or really notice pu'u honu anymore because it's a, covered with houses. It's a prominent residential area. But they're r- relatively close to each other, and... The Mo'olelo begins with Hina, you know, the goddess that we know, Maui's mother, Hina. And this story focuses on two of her daughters. The first one is Hina Ikiahi. And Hina Ikiahi lives on Pu'uhala'i, and she's the caretaker of that place, yeah, the ali'i, if you will, that chief, that leader. And she's a very wise and benevolent leader. Her people absolutely love her. Um, she's wise, she's kind, she does everything for her people. And then all of a sudden, a drought 
comes to Pu'uhala'i. And Hinaikia, he realizes and notices that her people are, you know, they're suffering. There's no food, there's no water, all the crops are dying. So what is she going to do? So she comes up with a plan and she begins to discuss it with her people saying, you know, not ordering them, but having this more of a discussion with them on, you know, I would like for you folks to dig a large emu. And they, they dig it on top of Pu'uhala'i. So they dig an emu, they gather the the pohaku, the rocks, and um, she instructs them that she's going to sacrifice herself to this emu. And her people begin, immediately begin to start, you know, crying and lamenting, saying, you know, let, let us go inside instead of you. And she's like, no, this is my responsibility, my kuleana as your leader. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, I will sacrifice myself into this emu and... Here's what you're going to do. After you, after I go inside, you have to immediately cover me up and cover me until, you know, like when we make emu, yeah, you cover it so you don't see any more smoke. Because if the smoke come out, the stuff inside not going to cook. <laughs> so she's like, cover me up uh, completely and you're going to wait three days. And in three days, you're going to see a woman and she's going to have the next set of instructions for you folks. So her people are digging, you know, they don't want to, but because they trust and love their leader, Hinaikiahi, they, they follow her instructions. And the emu is dug, the pohaku, the rocks are put inside and it's lit until it's all nice and glowing hot red. Yeah, it's all ena ena. And Hinaikiahi goes inside. And once she goes inside, her people, they're still like bawling their eyes out. They cover her up. And Hinaikiahi, if we look at her name, Hina. Ikeahi of the fire. Yeah, she didn't perish when she went into the emu. Yeah, because the fire is a part of her her power, if you will. Yeah, it, it feeds her. So what happened is she actually went down into the earth. Yeah, using her fire qualities and traits. She went down into the earth and she caused a lot of things to happen. Yeah. Earthquakes started to shake the area and what people noticed, yeah, is that springs started to pop up. So now they had water. And one of the springs um, was named Hina Au Auvai to commemorate their leader. Yeah, Hina Au Auvai is one of the springs. So they're noticing all of these things happening. And then on the third day, just like Hina Kiahi said, a woman appears and tells them, okay, uncover the emu. Yeah, open it up. So they do, and it's full of food. There's ulu, there's maia, there's uwala, there's kalo, all cooked, so they're saved. And to this day, yeah, to commemorate, another way to commemorate Hinaikiahi and her sacrifice is they left the imu uncovered. So that's why on Pu'uhala'i, if you're looking from, um, from the medical center side, yeah, and you look down onto that pu'u, you can see some bamboo, some ohe coming up, but you see a crater, and that's uh, Imu o Hina, the Imu of Hina, to commemorate Hina Ikiahi's sacrifice. So word of what happened travels relatively, you know, short distance over to Pu'uhonu. And Hina Ikiahi's younger sister lives over there. Hina, she goes by several names, either Hina Kuluwa, Hina with the, of the falling rain, or Hina Ikavai. Basically, she has water properties associated with her. But I guess like typical younger sibling, she's really jealous of Hina Kiahi. Like she's so loved by her people. She's, you know, 
a benevolent leader. She's smart. She's probably like that typical popular girl. And you're just like, God, I hate her. (laughs) 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 But so Hina Kuluwa hears about what Hina Kiahi did to save her people. And when that drought came over to Pu'uhono, she's like, okay, if my sister can do that, I can do that. So the problem, though, is that Hina Kuluwa, because she's so spiteful and jealous, is she's not a nice person. She's not a nice leader. She's kind of a tyrant. So her people don't appreciate her. So instead of having that discussion with them, she orders them. You guys better dig an emu. Yeah, you guys going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do that. And I'm going to save you. And you're going to love me is essentially <laughs> what happened. So they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. So they dig it. And she does the same thing. But think of it like, so if you ever watch the the um, the new... Alice in Wonderland movies, how they have the white queen and the red queen. Hina Ikiahi is like the white queen, the way that she talks and how people love her. And then Hina Kulua is the red queen, how she just don't talk nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's not very effective. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how she's talking to these, her people that are starving already and, you know, thirsty because no more water. So (laughs) she's telling them, okay, dig the emu. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to save all of you. And on the third day, you know, uncover the emu and you're going to see another lady to give you more instructions. So they do it. No tears are shed for her. Like, they're like, yeah, go jump in. Go, go. So so she does. The problem is, whereas Hinae Kiahi was able to use that heat and fire because that's part of her, you know, her strengths. And she went down into the earth to make things happen. Hina Kuluwa being of water, water and fire kind of opposites. So when she went into the emu, she went cook. <laughs> so the only thing that her people saw after they covered her up is there is this huge rain cloud just over Pu'uhonu. And they waited. Three days passed, nothing, no lady. Four days, they just kept waiting. The only thing that happened is it was just dumping rain. And it was raining so much that floods started to happen and her people started to get washed down into the ocean. Mm-hmm. So finally they were like, you know, let's just uncover it. So they did. And all they saw was the burnt body and ashes of Hina Kulua. And that huge rain cloud above Pu'uhonu, they saw her face in it. And this is kind of that self-realization on the part of Hina Kulua that, oh, I messed up because I'm water and I went into fire. Yeah. So instead of copying her sister... She should have played to her own strengths. Mm-hmm. Your water. You could have, you know, done anything else and be innovative to play to your strengths to help your people. So that rain cloud just kept dumping and dumping. So here comes our favorite demigod, Maui, their brother. And he's so, like, irritated with this rain. So he captures the cloud and he wants to get rid of it, full knowing that it's his, you know, younger sister. <laughs> so <laughs> using his, you know, um, Manaya Kalani, his magical hook, he lassos that cloud and he takes it over to Hale Maumau and he just wants to throw it in. But he's impatient. You can't, same thing like how water and fire is not going to be instant. So he had to do it like five times. And every time he failed, a piece of the cloud would come back over Pu'uhonu. So he ended up not completing his task fully. So those clouds are that kind of what looks like a massive cloud over Hilo when it rains, like how we had a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. That's the remnants of, of Hina Kulua. 
that's her remnants. Mm. So while within the this mo'olelo, yeah, there's that lesson of don't try to compare yourself and mimic others. Play to your strengths. Innovate to your strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, because somebody else's uh, attributes and characteristics aren't may not jive with what you know and what you're able to do. And that's okay. Because you could be like Hina Ikavai and let your ego get the best of you. And then all of a sudden, it's worse for everyone else around you. But we need to be grateful and mahalo Hina Ikavai or Hina Kulua, same person. Because that's what her sacrifice and seemingly, you know, failure gives Hilo its major characteristic. It's that rain and that cloud that lingers over Hilo when it does rain. So we can use this mo'olelo, even though it's short and it's nice that it points out the two kind of prominent pu'u within Hilo. It's the the lessons that we can pull out of it, those discussions that we can have. Yeah, Hina Ikeahi, even though she's loved by everybody, what made her such a good leader is that she played to her strengths. She played to her strengths and she always thought of the greater good. Yeah, in Hawaiian we say no'o no'o ikanui. Yeah, think of the greater population. Yeah, uh, not on the single person, which is what Hinaika Vai did. She wanted to glorify herself instead of thinking of how she can save her people. So how can we apply that to, to now? We're in this state where it's not a drought per se, but it's a, it's a pandemic. And those populations, those communities and individuals that are succeeding are those that are innovating and playing to their, straight, their strengths in order to help the larger community and the ones that are still lagging um, are the ones who are stuck within their their ego and like, no, I'm going to do this and I can copy you. We're starting to see and around the world that those groups that are beating this pandemic are the ones that are um, innovating for the greater good. Mahalo nui for all of that. And I was just wondering, what is a lesson from this mo'olelo that speaks to you? I, I know you shared a whole bunch, but just for you personally in whatever avenue that might connect with. For me personally, um, I tend to go back and forth between the qualities and traits of each hina. While I aspire to be like hina kiahi. My personality is very much hina kuluhua. <laughs> I'm very hard-headed and, um, you know, in human nature and just how it is, I find myself constantly comparing myself to others. Um, but every time I come back to this short mo'olelo, this short story, um, it's a constant reminder that it's okay to compare yourself to others. However, if we want to prevent being cooked in that emu, (laughs) we need to do self-reflection. Comparing outwards is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But we need to self-reflect on what are things that I have in my arsenal, in my bag of tricks that I can use to even just help somebody within my community. It has to be uh, an outward action. I can't do things and make decisions that's only going to affect me because that's going to keep me in this hina ikiahi, I mean hina, hina kuluwa bubble. If I want to get closer to hina ikiahi, 
I need to take my own strengths, however small it may seem, and try to help one other person outside of my bubble. And that's, I think, what this constant reminder is, especially in this time. So, um, Akea, this, the places that you mentioned are are familiar to some Hilo folks, but if, and you, you mentioned uh, the Memorial mm-hmm. Cemetery, right? And also the Hilo Medical Center, and these two who are located um, relative to those to those particular places. Um what what part of Hilo would you say this is that we're talking about? Like, because we've the in the last couple of episodes mm-hmm. we focused on places that are a little bit more towards the the coastline and the bay, but this seems like it's a little bit more inland, right? Yes, definitely more inland. Um, distance wise, I'd say Pu'uhalai is maybe about a mile and a half, two miles up from Bayfront mm-hmm. from Hiloone. Um, so then Pu'uhonu would be maybe another half mile up from that so we're relatively inland um and then the elevation too even though it doesn't seem like a a great distance from the shoreline um it's on the slopes of Mauna Kea so we're going up so it's relatively um elevated in that sense Mm -hmm. so we're encouraging our listeners to um if they encounter these particular vahipana, these um, storied legendary places that we are focused on in this series, that they would, you know, spend a moment to acknowledge them, maybe say their names, right? Say aloha to them as they pass by on their commute or, or um, look out from their school or workplace or whatever. Um, and so I think that that gives us a sense of of where these these storied places are in this in these stories of the two hinas. Yeah. The beauty of this is that we actually use their names. We don't use like with Bayfront it's been accustomed to be called Bayfront instead of like Hiloone. But we say Hala'i. We say Hala'i Hill, but just change Hill to Pu'u and switch the order. There you go. You got the Hawaiian. <laughs> and Pu'uhonu, we hear Pu'uhonu all the time because of the medical center that is on, if you're driving towards Waianuenue, it's on the right-hand side. So a kind of, I guess, landmarks because, you know, like me, when I drive, I need landmarks. I'm terrible with street names. So if you're at uh, 7-Eleven Kaumana and you're looking towards the coastline you can say hello to Pu'uhonu because that's the immediate Pu'u in front of you mm. <laughs> so just go buy a Slurpee and say hey Pu'uhonu Hinakulua <laughs> <laughs> or if you're driving down Waianuenue you pass the the prison look to your right and that's Pu'uhalai right there yeah we might not always go to the ve- past the veteran cemetery but if we're at we're driving down after you get your Slurpee and you say hi to Pu'uhonu and you continue down towards the coast, you just look to the right and you say hey Pu'uhala'i. But the beauty of these two places is that we use their names still yet. Not like Rainbow Falls and Waianuenue or Bayfront versus Hiloone. That's something important that we're sharing with our listeners as far as using the Hawaiian names, traditional names for places like these. Something I didn't know about this Mo'olelo was Maui's part in it. So, yeah, that was neat to hear that and then to envision the clouds. And we all, if you know, if you've lived in Hilo, you're familiar with the clouds. And after taking a look and, and I'm up Uka in Ola'a, so I'm near Kilauea, and now I'll think of this story too, because I don't often think of it. I didn't know about the Maui aspect, mm-hmm. so now I can think about the clouds. Yeah. yeah, that aspect, I think I heard maybe a few years after I got acquainted with this Mo'olelo, 
So that's the beauty of Vahipana as well as Mo'olalo is every time you visit a place or every time you go back to a story, no matter how well you think it is, there's always something new that comes up. Mm-hmm. That Maui, and it makes, it, it helps to contextualize things within our uh, area as well. We know Pu'uhon, we're like, oh, well, they covered up the emu, so there's no crater anymore. So they just built a whole bunch of houses on it. Yes, that's true. But with every seemingly negative thing that happens, there's always something positive. And even though she didn't make the greatest choice, she gave Hilo its reign, its signature. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an important story about sacrifice. Sacrifice in different, different ways, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Sacrifice is always necessary. I think that's some, it's, a, it's a lesson that, unfortunately, we try to get our, our younger generations to avoid but in an indigenous sense, you have to go through sacrifice. Mm-hmm. How else do you grow? You know, if we we're talking about um, the the hero's journey or this ka'ao model, yeah, within that you need to go through multiple quote unquote deaths, sacrifices. Things have to happen. Things have to get overturned. Things have to hurt. But from that is how you learn to grow. And you learn how to survive. You're never going to learn to be strong if you don't fall down and get scraped up a couple of times. It's inevitable. And how you deal with that afterwards is the important part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so important to bear in mind. Mahalo. Mahalo nui. Hi, mahalo. Yeah, we appreciate you sharing the mo'olelo with us. And and we hope that all of us, all of our listeners, all of our communities um, think about the mo'olelo that you just shared and, and the special places that feature in it. And the two hinas and, and their functions and sacrifices too. <laughs> Mahalo Nui. Well, that was an informative and thought-provoking experience with Akea and a nice way to close our huaka'i and hilo as we transition to Puna. Yeah, I totally agree. That was really cool. And I actually really liked the fact that Maui um, had reared his head again in this mo'olelo too, right? Because we had heard about him. Um, with Manai Kalua earlier, in an earlier episode, um, in the context of Mokuola in Hilo Bay. So that was really nice to um, have him come back and realize that he was actually the brother of these two Hina sisters as well. And that reminds me too, um, Akea talked extensively about the the building of Imu, right? That's what both of the Hina sisters did. And just for our, our the sake of our listening audience, maybe we need to just share a little bit about what that tradition is all about. Basically, an underground oven is prepared, and this process takes a lot of people and um, teamwork. In order to every, for everybody to have food, you have to work together. Mm-hmm. And that totally like ties in with the idea about Hina Ikeahi, um, her function in the community, as you know, with her community orientation and her you know looking out for other, her her people. Um, I really like that. It speaks to the different leadership styles. Um, that the two Hinas had. And we saw that one was effective and one wasn't so effective. <laughs> <laughs> no, but still there was the sacrifice, right? That the, the Hina Ikovai made too. Yes, definitely. Both of the sisters did show their sacrifice, although their intentions might not have been the same. Mm-hmm. Um, we did see the results with, especially Hina Ikeahi and how her people loved her and, and followed her orders and then they, in the end, they benefited from it. And something I noticed from this story is the metaphorical deaths that happen and, and the rebirths that happened due to those sacrifices. 
Um, it's a great story that shows how you can transition from one point of your life and go into another and all the while learning lessons. That mo'olelo leaves us so much to reflect on. Um, and I hope we all do. Before we go, um, Leia, I just wanted to say mahalo for being my co-host as we went made this journey through the lands of Hilo. It's been really great and fun. Oh, mahalo, Drew. I really enjoy being on this journey with you as well. And um, I look forward to what we're going to learn in Puna. Yes. Oh, and one more thing before we say ahui ho. Be sure to check out our story maps. Each Kaleo Kauluo episode features an interactive map on our blog. Check out the link in the podcast description or simply Google Kaleo Kauluo. Yes, definitely make sure to check out the story maps. They help as a kind of visual aid while listening. And from my humble standpoint as a geographer, maps are always fabulous. Mm-hmm. And also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for bonus content. And with that, Dear listeners, mahalo for lending your ears to this episode of Kaleo Kauluau. Please join us again as we make our way into the moku of Huna in the next episode that will be available on March 1st. I can't wait. Me too. It'll be so much fun. Ahui ho kako. Aloha everyone. Aloha.